Welcome back to Horoscope Witch. It's Mal. And oh my gosh, guys, you don't even know how many times I've tried to record this episode and it just was not aligned. And I really do think it was because Mercury didn't like officially go direct until last night around midnight. Now, it's uh, March 10th, 2020 right now. And yesterday was the Virgo full moon um, on the 9th, and then Mercury went direct. So I really wanted, I, I still am going to do a Virgo full moon sermon, even though it's technically one day late. I mean, you guys know me, I'm more invested in spirit timing than anything else. So I'm going to forgive myself for being a little bit late because I think the message does really need to come through me um but it was just like spirit was just like no like dude you cannot record right now i've tried like three times the past week to prepare and actually be on time for the uh virgo full moon but i just feel like our schedule is really in spirit's hands at this point right um and Oh gosh, guys, let's just, can we just have a, let's take a breather for a sec. Um, let's just, before we get into the Virgo full moon, let's take a drink of water really quick. And let's just come together. We need like a group hug, group huddle for the Mercury retrograde that we just went through, which was particularly rough um and for me especially and i think for a lot of people the thing about you know doing the psychic work is that i get to see like the cycles of astrology and i get to see um the collective energy being played out in different ways in a lot of people's lives, right? So when I'm going through a little bit of a rough patch, especially during this Mercury retrograde, I get to see that I am not the only one who's going through a rough patch because then I get to see like my clients and other people who are going through uh, transformations. Sometimes they're painful. And so I guess there's like, it's a gift to be able to read for the collective during the t- a time of sort of collective change and crisis and transformation, because I'm always reminded that I'm not alone, even though I am a Pisces. So sometimes it does feel like I'm alone. A lot of the times, if you're a Pisces, you understand, but, um, I just wanted to say that because if you don't do psychic work and you aren't like, you know, doing healing or um, maybe this Mercury retrograde has been particularly isolating for you, um, you know, I want to let you know that you are not the only one. You are not you are not going crazy. You're not the only one who's feeling this. I actually would say one of the first things spirit was asking me to say in this um, moon sermon was that the collective energy is so strong right now that empaths, highly sensitive people, psychics, intuitives, 
um, we are all really, really deeply picking up on the collective energy. And we always are, but we especially are when there's sort of panic and crisis in the air, right? So I just wanted to put that out there too. If you felt crazy in the past couple of weeks, if you felt in despair, if you felt like you've lost hope or you felt like you're sad but you can't put your finger on why, um, I'm, I'm not discounting or invalidating our feelings at all because certainly those feelings are really really real but also do be mindful that if you are one of those three things that I just mentioned an empath a highly sensitive person or psychic intuitive you are without a doubt picking up on the collective energy and I don't care how many pieces of black tourmaline you're wearing to work I don't care how much grounding you're doing you are picking up on it okay so it's interesting because the you know what I've been saying this whole year has been that um, January and February was kind of going to be like a slowdown and it was going to challenge us because it was going to present us with a lot of uncertainty, a lot of confusion, and a lot of feelings of not knowing, okay? And in the last moon sermon, I think it was the Aquarius new moon I did about a month ago, in that moon sermon, I think if I'm remembering correctly, the main point was sort of like get comfortable in the uncertainty, learn how to cope with the uncertainty, right? Now, it's important for me to say that um, I don't always follow my own advice. (laughs) And a lot of the things like, I don't know, when you're in spirit, and I do feel like I'm definitely in spirit when I'm doing these moon sermons, sometimes when you're in spirit, you don't remember what exactly what you say um and this especially happens when you know I'm reading for a client like a lot of the times I'll remember someone's face but because I was in spirit I don't necessarily remember because you're like in a different frequency right you're like you're in a different way of thinking and sometimes I also think when I'm channeling messages from spirit sometimes for other people at least sometimes I'm not supposed to remember the details because those details are for them and not necessarily for me you know what I'm saying so the same kind of goes with the moon sermons although I feel like I'm like half talking half channeling I do remember what I say sometimes I really do forget my own advice and I don't take my own advice okay so essentially Um, There were moments in the past month where I was just, uh, like, I could not surrender for the life of me. Um, I was just fighting the confusion. I was trying to, like, claw my way out of the, the unknown, and I just wanted so badly to know. There was a certain situation that... I think I like it was almost like I jumped too quickly at something and I at like a certain opportunity 
I'm being vague for a reason, but um, you know, there was a certain opportunity that came to me during Mercury retrograde. And the reason I'm telling you about this is because I think some of you may have had a similar experience, but there's a certain opportunity that came to me during Mercury retrograde, and I kind of went to explore this opportunity, and I got there, and I just, like, so clearly just, I was just, like, lying to myself because my guides and my soul was just kind of, like, this is not aligned. Like, what are you doing here? Like, this is not um, right. And you know, it's not right. You knew it wasn't right, even on the car ride over, you know. Um, And but my ego, and like my monkey mind and my human self was just so gung ho on figuring out what's next. And I just wanted the, the stress to stop, right. So there was like, that there was one that was one pinnacle moment where that happened where I was just like wow I was really just trying to um you know fit something where it just didn't fit and uh there was a million other moments like that too and I think I wasn't as gentle on myself as I should have been. You know, like I said a few minutes ago, as a highly sensitive person, I really am picking up on so much of the collective energy. And I was beating myself up, you know, for not being as social as I wanted to be over Mercury retrograde. You know, I was such a hermit. I was such a recluse. I was beating myself up for not being able to, like, really do much besides like take care of myself and go to work um like there wasn't any really like social life balance mixed in there because I just really didn't have the energy and you know one of the things that this Virgo full moon was bringing up for me was that like I need to stop beating myself up for simply just the way I am you know like I think I've spent now I'm 25 I just turned 25 um my birthday was February 28th um and I think I've really have spent like 25 years just really believing that there's something wrong with me that there's um you know, because I am so, so, so sensitive, and I don't necessarily mean like emotionally, I mean, well, emotionally, yes, but I mean more energetically sensitive. Um, you know, you just get so roped into thinking that you're crazy or there's something wrong with you or um, you're just not like everybody else. But I had to remember that I do have. a a huge handful of people who do get what I'm saying you know like even if I can't see you right now and even if I can't um like have this conversation with you in person I can feel energetically there's like hundreds of people listening to this and like nodding their head and being like yes Mal I know I feel the same way I felt the same way my whole life but I think that's what I'm really trying to let go like when it comes to releasing um this Virgo full moon you know full moons are traditionally about releasing what are we really releasing I think I'm really releasing uh being my own energy vampire okay and 
this is kind of like the topic of the Virgo full moon. This was the topic of the um, moon sermon that spirit gave me. Uh, It came to me probably like two weeks ago where I was like, I was meditating on this idea of the energy vampire, right? And this is like, I don't think there's any bigger buzzword in the spiritual community than energy vampire, right? And we like love to, um, you know, we love, I don't want to say we love our energy vampires, but we love to sort of blame it on our energy vampires, okay? So like, even as I say the phrase energy vampire, you're probably like, um, you probably have a person in mind or you have something in mind that is draining your energy, right? Uh, And it's funny because I was doing some bibliomancy on the topic of energy vampire. Uh, And for some reason, spirit was telling me to do the bibliomancy from this book that I have. Um, I have it right here. It's called the Devil's Dictionary. Um, so basically what this book is, it's super, super funny. It's basically like a parody of a dictionary. So this dude named Ambrose Ambrose Bierce, he wrote The Devil's Dictionary. So he literally like makes up his own definitions of stuff. And it's like super funny and it's super like sarcastic. And I forget what year... What year was this? Okay, so the Devil's Dictionary began in 1881 in a weekly paper and continued in a in a fashion at long intervals until, until 1906. Um, so and it says, um, like an example of something that's in this book is like, History, an account mostly false of events, mostly unimportant, which are brought about by rulers, mostly knaves, and soldiers, mostly fools. <laughs> so like all the definitions in here are like, again, they're satirical. So I was like, wow, spirit's really calling me to this book. I wonder what I'm going to flip to. And again, my intention was, can I get some more information on really like the energy of uh the the energetic like principles of energy vampires like why is the spiritual community so obsessed with this shit you know like every like almost every day working in the shop I work at there's some there's a customer coming in and saying I have an energy vampire what are the crystals where give me the sage give me give me the protection shit and I'm like wow this is just such a thing and it's such a thing that I'm thinking it has to be part of the collective shadow too right so I do some bibliomancy I flip to um the definition of responsibility. Okay, guys, I can't make this shit up. So, um, the when I did, so here's um, the resp- the definition of responsibility, according to the Devil's Dictionary. So, a detachable burden, easily shifted to the shoulders of God, fate, fortune, luck, or one's neighbor. In the days of astrology, it was customary to unload it upon a star. (laughs) I'm going to read that one more time. Responsibility. A detachable burden easily shifted to the shoulders of God, fate, fortune, 
luck, or one's neighbor. In the days of astrology, it was customary to unload it upon a star. <laughs> okay, so it was so, isn't that so funny that that's what I flipped to when I was asking for more information about energy vampires and I get this word responsibility and the whole joke of that definition is that you know as humans we will really 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 do anything um to avoid responsibility and I think part of the collective shadow um is this sort of like victim martyrhood kind of situation where we do like to blame it on someone else and we see this show up everywhere um we even see the shadow of blame um and victimhood and martyrhood and energy vampire we're seeing the shadow i think with the coronavirus especially because we want someone to blame there's so much blame um kind of going on in the shadow and i think it all comes back to uh, my question for you all on this virgo full moon sermon um how are you being your own energy vampire (laughs) yeah yeah um and i think once we realize that even the worst of the worst energy vampire like the worst person at your job who just annoys the shit out of you or um you know your your most draining family member or um whatever the friend that is really draining to you any energy vampire that you have in your life, I can say with 120% certainty that they cannot drain you even a tenth of what you do to yourself. <laughs> and and that really is why, and you're probably wondering, well, man, what does Virgo, what does the Virgo archetype have to do with energy vampires what does the virgo archetype how does virgo play into this now you know you all know virgo is my favorite sign um (laughs) actually have i ever admitted that i don't think i've ever admitted that because i don't want um i don't know i don't want people to think i have a least favorite sign and i feel like if i admit my favorite sign then it's implied that i have a least favorite sign but I really do love at least the archetype of Virgo. It's probably my favorite um, archetype in the Zodiac. And I think it relates to that um, I'm a Pisces and the the Virgo-Pisces duality has always like really intrigued me. And most people forget that Pisces and Virgo are very much interconnected. They seem so different, but to me, we're so much the same. And I think that's why I'm I'm really easily able to relate to Virgos or Virgo moons or Virgo ascendants. I really do get them. Um, and, you know, the Virgo archetype, I think, does contain this. Um, and before I say this, uh, this is Mal's bullshit astrology. 
<laughs> this isn't in any book. This isn't um, like modern or ancient astrology. This is just kind of like my own channeling. So take it with a grain of salt. But I do think this idea of the energy vampire is contained within the Virgo archetype. And this is not to say that I'm calling Virgos energy vampires. Okay, that's not what it is. But if we think of the themes that surround the Virgo archetype, um, health, being of service, um, and employees. <laughs> now I'm naming, naming like sixth house kind of stuff. But if we think of the themes that are about Virgo, um, being of service, there is a shadow of energy vampire in that. Um, and really... I felt with this full moon, spirit wasn't necessarily telling me to discuss Virgo, um, but spirit was telling me to discuss the themes that are within the sixth house, okay? So um, before I go into this, I want to make it clear that I remain pretty neutral when it comes to the argument between the sign and the house and whether or not they are connected. And for any baby astrology students out there, you might not even know what I'm talking about. So I'll just explain briefly that um, there's definitely a lot of um, differing opinions in astrology, in the astrological community when it comes to the 12 houses and whether or not they are associated with the zodiac sign. So for instance, um, some will say that the first house um, is ruled by Aries, the second house Taurus, third house Gemini, fourth house Cancer, and so on and so forth. Other astrologers will say it has nothing to do with that at all. The houses are completely their own entities and the signs are completely their own entities and they don't overlap. For me, like I said, I remain really, really in the middle. I don't think there's really a right or wrong way to do it. I actually think of it more of like a Venn diagram. Like if we have one circle that represents all the zodiac signs and another circle that represents the houses... In a Venn diagram, there's like that one little middle part of the circle where the two circles are overlapping. That's how I think of the house versus the sign debate. I think the signs are their own entities and I think the houses are their own entities, but they do overlap in a lot of ways. And I tend to lean more towards the zodiac signs are relating more to the house than they are not okay so when we're thinking about the virgo archetype whether or not it completely is representative of the sixth house we are thinking of the sixth house themes so students of astrology what is happening in the sixth house um this one the sixth house is the house um in ancient astrology, this is like a really negative house. It's actually the house of bad fortune. And it's because I think it used to, um, you know, it used to represent like topics of like slavery and being of service to others and 
It represents subordinates and also health. Um, I think, you know, that was also like not the most positive of topics, right? Um, with ancient astrology. But now as we get more into modern astrology and modern times, the sixth house to me really does relate to our schedules, our routines. Um, it relates to how we are being productive. Um, I think it also relates to like our attitudes, our attitudes about going to work. Like if you are excited to go to work and you love your job and you're excited to go and be of service at your job, that's definitely a sixth house theme. Um, the opposite of that would be dreading going to work and feeling like your workplace is draining you and feeling like you have to be there, like you've signed your soul away to this job. That's also a sixth house theme. Um, but the sixth house also covers things like diet, the foods we eat, um, our stress levels, our anxiety levels. Um, for me, the sixth house really comes down to like the mind-body connection. And that's why service and health are connected, right? You're like, well, what the heck? Like, there's this weird hodgepodge of themes in the sixth house, and it makes it really hard to understand this part of my chart. What the heck does going to work and my health have to do with one another? Well, the sixth house brings up, again, the mind-body connection. Um, the, the part of us that feels excited to live and excited to have a purpose and excited to be of service um, probably promotes us having good physical health, right? Um, and mental health for that matter. Uh, if we're not excited about life and we're not excited and we feel like we are enslaved to our jobs or we feel like um, we are like having a lot of stress or anxiety, it can then have negative impl implications on our health. So that is why routines, schedules, being of service, and health are all roped into one. You can see how they're all interconnected. Um, now, what does this have to do with being our own energy vampires, right? Um, when we're thinking about how we energy vampire ourselves, I think that does definitely relate to sixth house themes, okay? Uh, so, and you know, one of the other sixth house themes that I just remembered um, is uh, ritual. So, Actually, it's funny. Your tarot cards live in the sixth house. Um, divination, ceremonial magic, spell work, candle magic, um, moon rituals, full moon sermons. Me giving this full moon sermon is kind of a sixth house thing, right? Because routines and schedules also relate to rituals, right? What a, what really is a ritual? It's a sacred um it's a sacred representation of a schedule, you know? <laughs> um, and what really is a schedule? A schedule really says, this is how I divide my time. It's funny, we don't think about our planners and our um, 
our calendars and just our schedules as something spiritual. But it might be one of the most spiritual things that we do on a day-to-day basis because we only get a very limited time here on earth to live we only have it may seem long as we're doing it it may seem excruciating (laughs) excruciatingly long as we're living um but in hindsight um when we pass over we see that it wasn't really that long and we really did only have a limited time to do what we needed to do And that's what makes time and our schedules a really sacred thing. You know, when you sit down and pencil in your schedule, although it's just for one day, those days add up and you start to see the amount of time you're spending on things that you're passionate about and things that you're not passionate about. Um, And that's why schedules and calendars have always been a sacred thing because they represent how we're using time, which is the thing that the divine has given us. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think that's why I love seeing so many of like, you know, our witchy friends, like uh, I've been seeing a lot of people making like calendars and, and witchy planners and all of this stuff, because I think that's what, the witches as <laughs> it's so powerful about being a witch what you're really doing when you're ritualizing the full moons and the new moons or you're ritualizing your morning practice or you're ritualizing um you know your daily activities what you're really saying to the universe is my time is sacred and magical and i'm not going to let myself energy vampire myself so i'm not using my time wisely okay now um i think with the amount of growth that we're doing right now i think that you know like i said february january and february it was such a slowdown you know we were supposed to embrace uncertainty some of us including me did not do a great job of that And now we're in pain um, in March. And part of the reason is because some of us don't know it, but we're going through such a massive rebirth right now. And you may say, well, Mel, how do I know um, that I'm going through a rebirth if I don't even know what's next? Still, spirit has not given me what's next. Maybe some of us do have that, um, but maybe most of us don't. And even if we do have an inkling of what's next, we do have an inkling of the future. There probably still is like this gray cloud of like not knowing. And when we kind of tap into this, um, you know, part of the rebirth process is a lot about growing pains and it's painful to go through a rebirth. And just because we don't know what's next does not mean we are not going through a rebirth in March. Um, So raise your hands if the past couple months, um, if something has gone awry with your physical health. For me, I'm raising my hand 
um, really high. I've had um, much more exhaustion than usual, more fatigue. Um, I've had to go to the doctor twice because of dizziness. Um, and actually my um, cranial sacral healer, she was the one who kind of figured out what's wrong with me. <laughs> like I went to the regular doctor twice and they told me that um, because I have um, TMJ, because I carry a lot of stress in my jaw, they were saying like my TMJ has gotten really bad and it's causing um, ear pain and then my ear pain is making me dizzy. So that's kind of what they were saying, um, which I definitely agree with on some level. Um, but it wasn't until I went to my cranial sacral healer um, last week and, you know, I'm lying down on her table and like within like two minutes, she's like, wow, like you're really off balance. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah. She's like, like, I know physically you feel off balance. Physically, you're feeling really dizzy. Um, but it's because you're so off balance with the present and the future. And when we're living too much in the future, um, you know, I was, I've been living so much in the future lately that I've literally made myself physically dizzy. Um, and, you know, stress, stress, collective stress. I don't think I've ever felt more stress in my life than in 2020. And it's probably why I'm having physical pain and fatigue too. Um... So, you know, what does that have to do with the Virgo full moon, with scheduling, with being our own energy vampires? It's within our schedule. It's within our rituals. It's within our daily routines where we start to become our own energy vampires. Um, and, you know, this relates to the sixth house too because the sixth house can be very much about our mental health and the way we might criticize ourselves. That's the really the hard part about being a Virgo. Virgo or having a Virgo moon especially um, and I would argue Pisces placements too that's one of the things that are overlapping between the Pisces and the Virgo themes um, we are our own worst enemy really and truly like we will completely be like if you heard my internal dialogue or if you heard of Virgo's internal dialogue you would be like astounded because a lot of the times I think what the Virgo archetype what they think about themselves it just makes no sense to the outside world to the outside world they're doing a great job you know they're doing whatever they but for Virgo um and this isn't just Virgo suns. This is for heavy Virgo placements too. Um, for Virgos, they're they're never doing enough, or they're never getting to that place of perfectionism. And even if you're not a Virgo, I want you to consider in this lifetime, right now, in the past couple months. Um, you know, if you were to really write down what you're doing every day, uh, how many hours are you spending? beating yourself up how many hours are you spending criticizing yourself how many hours are you spending per day trying to be a perfectionist um and this is kind of coming to me right now um you know sometimes you know we think of a perfectionist as someone who is like 
maybe really busy and doing a lot and trying to do a lot perfectly. And I relate to that in some way. But perfectionists, perfectionism um, is also related to being avoidant. Uh, because when you are carrying that trait of perfectionism and your daily routine ritual schedule is filled with perfectionism, it's also probably equally filled with avoiding things. Uh, because perfectionists will sometimes avoid, not sometimes, but always avoid things that they know they can't do perfectly. It's like, if I can't do it perfectly, then why try at all? So how much of your schedule is like that? I think that's that's becoming sort of the assignment for this Virgo full moon, even though it passed yesterday. Again, we have about two weeks and six months of this energy, um, you know, two weeks before the Aries new moon and six months before the the Virgo new moon. Um, so we, we do have some time to marinate with this energy. If you were to like for real write down your schedule, like for real what you do every day, like it, it almost would be mind blowing to like write down like, okay, I just woke up and I spent 32 minutes on Instagram and you know then I like rushed to make breakfast and then I like didn't meditate and this isn't to say we're doing this to beat ourselves up okay this isn't another thing like what we have to kind of escape or what we have to let go of now is the sort of criticism of what we're doing wrong um, but it's more about opening up to realizing that, um, you know, w- again, we are our own energy vampires. We are the ones who are kind of sucking our own energy with the way that we are performing and doing everyday tasks. So we do this not to further our self-criticism. We do this not to further beating ourselves up, but um, we might do this to kind of really, really examine, am I adequately coping with my everyday life? And am I making my everyday life harder than it has to be? And is there something that I've been avoiding that would actually bring me joy? Uh, those are the questions of this Virgo full moon. And it's coming up, all these six house themes of health, routine, they're coming up because we're rebirthing. We're going through, again, even if you don't know what you're rebirthing into at this point, and I don't think most of us do, even if you don't know, these themes of everyday life are coming up, and it's because rebirth happens in very small increments, okay? It happens when you finally break that pattern. Um, You finally are able to not look at your phone screen in the morning. You're finally stretching instead of scrolling. You're finally doing the meal prep that you've been wanting to do for like those are the things that help us with our rebirth. And here's the thing that spirit has been telling me too, to my dismay. Um, you know, with all of these kind of health issues popping up for me, uh really I think what spirit's trying to say is um I they won't let me get to the next level if I don't 
start to mother myself in the proper way. Um, and it was so funny because I said this in therapy the other day, but I was like, um, I was telling my therapist, I was like, you know what, if I had all the money in the world, I, I wouldn't, it wouldn't be the car I wanted. It, w- it wouldn't be for the house. I don't even want a big house. I don't want a big car. You know what I want? I want a personal chef that would, um, that would just make all my meals for me. And this is something, Ian, uh, at work, if you're listening, this is something that we talk about because that's really all we want. Um, so I said this to my therapist because um, just like even the act of like making myself food and like taking care of myself just sometimes seems like such a nuisance. Cough, cough, sixth house problems, right? So I said this to her and she goes, she like totally roasted me. She was like... <laughs> She was like, you know, Mallory, what you just said was really a metaphor for the archetypal mother. (laughs) And I was like, shit, she's right. What I just said, you know, I wish someone was there to just cook for me and make all my meals. And I had a personal chef to just like feed me so I wouldn't have to worry about that area of my life. What I was really saying was, you know, I wish I had um, a mom. You know, I wish I had a mom to kind of nurture me. Um, And I think in that moment, I realized just like how poor of my own mother that I've been to myself. And it's not my fault, right? I think most of us are terribly equipped with the information of how to be our own mother and how to parent ourselves. That's another um, another key, what's it called? Keyword. Um, another popular phrase, a buzzword. It's another buzzword that, you know, the spiritual and like community will talk about is like reparenting or remothering ourselves. Um, I think in a way, like being our own energy vampires and kind of, um, you know, spending our time doing things that don't feed us and spending our time, even if it's just overthinking, doing these things that suck the life out of us, that's one end of the spectrum. The other end of the spectrum, I think, is being a really good mother to ourselves. And again, ding, 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 we're, this is a Virgo theme because the Virgo archetype, according to Mal, um, you know, has to do with energy vampiring, um, that Virgo archetype equally has to do with mothering, okay? And that's, you've heard me talk about this before, but that's why, um, you know, I I do see why um, modern astrology gives, assigns Mercury to Virgo as the planet of Virgo's rulership. Uh, but for me, I believe that, um, Gemini is really the true or Mercury is really the true ruler of Gemini and I don't think Mercury makes as much sense for Virgo as it does for Gemini and who do I really believe rules Virgo that would be the asteroids I think Virgo rules over the asteroids specifically Ceres, Pallas, Vesta, Athena, and Chiron I think they're all very much related to this Virgo energy. Um, Now, granted, in a birth chart reading, I still use the um, 
Virgo is, or Mercury is the planetary ruler of Virgo. Um, but for more esoteric purposes, um, I, I do really like to think about how um, those five asteroids, which I've done an episode on, so scroll back if you're, if you're wondering about those asteroids. Um, it's somewhere in the archives, uh, maybe like 10 episodes back. Um, you know, that those themes that exist within those asteroids, again, uh, Chiron, Vesta, Pallas, Juno, Athena, all of those asteroids do have something to do with mothering ourselves, with being able to heal ourselves, uh, with being able to um, worship and cultivate a schedule and recognize our own divinity. And I think when we do energy vampire ourselves, we're not we're obviously not treating ourselves as the divine beings that we are. Um, and for especially for Virgo Pisces archetypes, it's so easy for us to recognize the divinity in others. We will literally even recognize the divinity in our enemies. Um, but recognizing the divinity within ourselves is is sometimes really, really difficult for that Virgo Pisces archetype. Uh, so... I think that's really the root of of schedules, our daily practice, our daily routines, our daily rituals, ritualizing our lives. We're not only telling the universe, thank you so much for this divine time. Thank you so much for, um, you know, this time that I have on earth that I can use to, um, you know, be of service to others and be of service to myself. We're not only saying that, but we're also saying my time is important and the use of my time is important. And you know why it's important. It's because I am a divine being, right? And uh, that's, that's hard, especially if we've, again, everything in society and everything in the collective energy would tell us otherwise. Um, you know, the whole... Um, you know, what's like a good mantra for like American capitalist society, like work hard, play hard. That's a good one. Like work really, really hard and then enjoy yourself afterwards. Uh, that is, I think, maybe even the opposite of what spirit wants us to do. <laughs> like that, that really is not what we're here to do. And, you know, not to go on and on about my own realizations over Mercury retrograde, uh, but I did have with these, like, the I think the lesson and the gift in my physical symptoms that have been popping up for me lately, um, although frustrating, it's been really to tell me, you know, I've had past lives where I've literally died because I was too of service to others. I was doing it too much. Um, I gave my own energy away so much that it was to my own detriment. And this lifetime for me is still going to be about serving others. Um, and as much as I would like it to be 100% about serving others, um, it really has to be now in this lifetime, I need to be serving myself. Um, and ironically, I think if I learn to do that in this lifetime, if I learn um, 
I think Rebecca, Rebecca Garifo, you said this on one of your podcasts, but you were like, how do I save my own life today? <laughs> and that, that has stuck with me for a, a while. Um, you know, how, how do I save my own life in this lifetime? Ironically, if I figure that out, I think I will be able to be the best healer that I've ever been throughout all my lifetimes in this lifetime. But it's only when I figure out how the heck to be my own mom. I figure out how the heck to nurture myself. I figure out how to stop being my own energy vampire and schedule my daily routine so that I'm treating myself like the divine being that I am. Uh, And I think uh, there's a reason, like I had to figure this out a little bit earlier I think probably, and you know what's special about this podcast? I really don't think it's just people my age who are listening. Um, Like, I think I do have a big chunk of millennials listening, but then I also think I have, um, you know, people in their 40s, 50s, 60s, even 70s listening to this. So I really appreciate that. Um, And like my little bit more of mature audience, I know some of you have messaged me and said like, I wish I figured out what you're figuring out right now. I wish I figured that out like 20 years ago, you know, like, so I think it is whatever age you are at, at the moment, I don't think it's ever too late to figure out that this lifetime is about serving you. Um, and it's about loving and caring for yourself. And isn't that the Virgoist, Virgoist theme, the Pisces <laughs> theme, um, when it comes to those themes. And, you know, going back to our growing pains right now, how much time we got? Oh, shnikes. Um, so we're already almost an hour in and I've been blabbing. I hope, see, I never know if what I'm saying makes sense, but again, sixth house, I'm not supposed to judge my message. <laughs> I gotta stop judging my, my, my channeling. Um, I just gotta let it flow and, Whoever resonates, resonates. And if you don't resonate, you take what does and leave the rest, you know. Um, But, you know, some symptoms we might be having, if you're not having physical symptoms of rebirth, um, I think some like spiritual growing pains that we may be having right now, um, we may be feeling very panicked, ungrounded. We may be second guessing ourselves. We may be pushing forward when we should pull back. We should, we may be pulling back when we should be pushing forward. Um, we may be feeling imbalanced. We may be feeling resistant to the new healthy patterns that we're trying to cultivate. Um, we may be telling ourselves, I can't do this. Um, we may be focusing too much on the logistics of how to get to A, B, C, D, E. Um, we may be doing p- things that we don't have to do or don't want to do. Um, And, you know, one of the things I want to say is that truly there are very few things in this life that you truly have to do. Okay. And I know a lot of people are like, oh God, I have to do this. I have to go to work. I have to. Um, The only thing you have to do in this lifetime is take care of yourself. It really is. It's the only thing that you have to do. I know society and everything else has taught you differently, but spiritually, there are very, very, very few things that you capital H have to do. 
You don't have to do anything. And that's also a theme of the sixth house, right? Um, so I would say really, yes, this Virgo full moon is inviting us into examining how we spend our daily lives. It's exam, we're examining our rituals. We're examining, um, you know, even if you're like, what rituals? I guarantee you have a ritual and be careful because what if that ritual is actually you worshiping at the altar of your own perceived inadequacy? You know, and like, what if you, you kind of set up your day in a way where you're ritualizing that you're not good enough to pursue your dreams? What if you're ritualizing um, that you have to do this shit that makes you suffer? So many people are actually doing that when people talk about, um, you know, no, no, I'm not talking about us necessarily. I'm talking about like, think of the one of the most unhappiest people that you know like they probably you know hate their job maybe they're pessimistic maybe they um just the words they say like they're they're they are an example of like an energy vampire right um you know uh, but although remember that person cannot even really touch your energy as much as you can drain your own energy remember that but think of that kind of person really why are they like that they have been ritualizing even if they don't realize it they have been ritualizing and worshiping um a life of suffering and again relating back to the virgo archetype that shadow side of the virgo archetype is martyrdom martyrdom martyring victimhood um the thought that i have to do this um i have to be of service to others other people need me particularly i have to heal this person all that stuff no you don't the only person you're healing in this lifetime is yourself and the better you do that the better you can hold space for other people's healing right and that doesn't just go for the people who are listening um who are psychics healers la di da di da it's for everybody um you know so that's kind of what we're dealing with right now and uh that's that's kind of the sermon let's go into a little bit of the the collective energy right now um so this whole week the the exact conjunction is over it actually happened on sunday march 8th but looking at um you know the astrology for this week it, it is um the week of march 9th um neptune and the sun are conjunct even though they're separating right now which means the aspect is over and now they're moving away from each other um they're still pretty darn close to each other when the sun and neptune are conjunct um i know a lot of astrologers i saw made posts about this um you know i think one of the things that with sun and neptune conjunct is definitely the realization that um mass hysteria is a thing i'm not saying that we shouldn't take the coronavirus seriously um but with this sun conjunct neptune the danger is that we right now are really only seeing two sides of this like a black and white side of the spectrum we're not seeing any gray neutral ground um so what do i mean by that we're either 
going to the store, buying toilet paper and canned goods and stacking up like we're building a bomb shelter or we're like, fuck it, I'm going to Mexico, see you later. Like, you know, there's only like two sides of the spectrum I'm seeing when it comes to the coronavirus. It's either like you're completely crippled with panic or you're like, I'm not afraid, please come at me, fuck your... Um, your face mask like you know there's just not a middle ground and that's kind of the the shadow side of neptune conjunct the sun where you're you're buying into your own perception of reality you're not um you know truly kind of listening and seeing where can i meet in the middle ground and i think that's my advice for this whole week with the sun conjuncting neptune um you know find your middle ground don't be irresponsible but don't fly off the rails and panic either uh and really the most important thing that i felt like i needed to tell my audience about the coronavirus um be careful of how much news you are consuming Uh, Just know that every single time you read something or watch something about the coronavirus, especially for my highly sensitive people, um, you will absorb some of that mass hysteria. Um, And you are, you know, by reading, watching, um, you know, engaging with the frequency, um, you, you are within the frequency and it's, it's not a good frequency to be in. Um, and I'm not saying fuck the news, be ill-informed, like just monitor how much of it you're actually taking in. Okay. Um, you know, don't sit on your laptop for 10 hours a day, like Googling this shit. It's not going to be good for you. Um, really the best thing you can do as a highly sensitive person or empath or a psychic intuitive when it comes to the mass hysteria around the coronavirus, you know, do what you can, you know, be semi-prepared, um, you know, just like the doctors are saying, like, wash your hands, do whatever you guys know, you've already read it. Um, and again, just limit just a little bit how much you're taking in of that, because it can be causing you panic. Um, and it might just be because of you're absorbing the collective, um, uncertainty. Okay. And then Monday, yesterday, um, full moon in Virgo, right? And then we had um, Mercury went direct last night too. Thank Jesus. And then we also had uh, Uranus conjuncting Venus. So we w- did anybody have like a really like really big surprise happen over the weekend? Like anybody like because Uranus can sometimes bring in like really unexpected occurrences or like can sometimes bring in things that like totally shock the shit out of us like that might have happened over the weekend especially if you do have um virgo and uranus um at a major in a major aspect together in your own chart that might have affected you a little bit deeper um but i think um you know, that Virgo, sorry, that Venus-Uranus conjunction, um, I think what we can do with that, especially when we're talking about 
the importance of our schedule right now, the importance um, if we are rebirthing and we are going into sort of this new life, it's really important that we reformulate our our schedule, our daily habits, our daily routines, um, because we can't go to the next level if our old routine stays the same. You know what I mean? Like we can't grow to the people that we need to or we want to be um, if we're just doing the same old bullshit. And I know it sounds obvious, but then yet we slash me, I'm sitting here in my same old bullshit trying to grow. And like then my body's yelling at me because it's like, wait, same old bullshit. Like, um, you know, like you can't you literally can't grow unless you start changing something. So again, it sounds obvious, but then we don't actually realize it until it's happening. I think the 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 energy with Venus and Uranus conjunct in Taurus, I think this is going to be really good for us. It's, it might be that push to um, really change and shake up something in our lives that has needed to for a while if you've been suffering from like creative blockages this might this kind of aspect this week might affect you in the way that it might sort of inspire you to create again to uh, change something that you've wanted to be changing I also think that uh, Uranus is the planet of like kind of collective brotherhood sisterhood and venus is the planet of love and i think this also this aspect surrounding this full moon i think it's also rewiring us to think that um like in order to serve my community in order to be of service to others like we talked about i need to love myself and also this is a really good aspect too if you typically tend to be the type of person who's like oh i need to do it all myself i need to do it all alone i think this week we're awakening to the fact that no one is actually self-made right like we could teach ourselves something or we could um you know do an independent production of a podcast or whatever like we can do something on our own but we always need others because if we didn't have others support others love um or just like collective energy around our project or around what we're trying to create, it wouldn't mean as much to us, right? It's not to say that we should create for others, but when we do genuinely create for ourselves, what makes it worth it is when we create for ourselves and then that actually affects another person in a positive way. You guys picking up what I'm putting down? Hope so. Um, And then one of the other things that I wanted to mention was there's you know I don't I don't know if there's going to be another moon sermon for March or not uh there might be one for the Aries new moon I kind of play it by ear to see if I like truly do have a message they need to share or not that's why these moon sermons are a little bit irregular but uh this week we have the sun sextiling Jupiter on Wednesday March 11th um so this is going to be a really good time to sort of remember that 
you know, you are connected to that higher self. You are connected to God. You are connected to spirit. Um, however, mm, I think Wednesday is going to be a little bit of a rocky day. We have moon squaring Mars, Jupiter, Pluto, and Saturn. So I think this could be the collective being a little bit irritable. Um, we might see some anger, some public outrage on Wednesday, Thursday-ish. Um, we could see some slowdowns with business um, like we've been seeing. There's there's a tendency to the fear-based story on Wednesday and Thursday. So what that it it's kind of um it feels like it's a really good aspect with that sun sextiling jupiter that tells us like reality and spirit um are connected and trust your gut and trust your intuition but then all of those squares with the moon are kind of like oh no like we're human and we're angry and um you know there's parts of the human experience that we don't want to deal with right so you know on wednesday we need to find balance i think uh and then for the rest of the month again i might talk about these things again as the month goes on if i do do the Aries new moon. Um, but end of March is going to be interesting. Let's just say that. On March 22nd, we have Mars conjuncting Jupiter. On March 23rd, we have Saturn moving into Aquarius and Mars conjuncting Pluto. My God. Um, and then at the end of the month, we start approaching the exact conjunction of Jupiter and Pluto. So that starts on March 29th, and I think it will go exact actually on April 5th. Um, and then on March 31st, Mars will conjunct Saturn. So what does that mean in English? Prepare <laughs> a lot. That's a lot of intense energy. I think... Um, I'm not going to go too much in depth with it just because I think, to be honest, I haven't fully channeled or received um, what this really means for us quite yet. I think it's still a little bit early in the game and I will certainly, if I get any messages, I will let you all know either through this podcast or through Instagram TV because I, again, I think the energy is just so heavy. Actually, it's funny when I, when I'm trying to tap into it right now, um, spirit is showing me like a curtain. Like it's almost like they're like, you're not allowed to see this yet. Um, which is interesting because that's also been happening in, um, some readings I've had of late too. Uh, like me, I'm feeling like there's certain aspects of the quote unquote future that I really feel are, are, are coming for people in a really good way. And then there's other things that spirit really doesn't want us to know. But I think the most important part is to know that the end of March, you know, all of these growing pains that we're having right now, yes, again, you are rebirthing. Even if you don't know what you're rebirthing into, you are rebirthing right now. Um, at the end of March, I think our growing pains um, are going to sort of 
um, maybe show us, um, you know, what truly we are growing into. Um, I think all of that really heavy energy, although it's going to be about the collective, it's also going to be about who we are becoming individually and how this lifetime is supposed to be different than all of our other lifetimes because this lifetime we're supposed to be breaking patterns, okay? Um, and I think that's kind of all I have for you all. I had some tarot cards. I don't really feel like drawn to talk about them right now at this point. Um, yeah, I just don't. Uh, now, here's what I, let's have a little talk here. Uh, I think I'm going to change a little bit of the format of this podcast because I really am enjoying the moon sermons, but as you guys know, um, I talk like I'm, like I'm going to go mute tomorrow and I have like this hour and 135 minute podcast and, um, I've been trying to do moon sermon and a topic, like a teaching topic, all in one. And that has resulted in many of my podcasts being like over two hours long. Now, I know I'm a little bit of a hypocrite because I do really like longer podcasts. And I said this last podcast, but I think what the Achilles heel is, is it's making it harder for people to find all of the shit that I've talked about in the past in the archives. You know what I mean? Like, because so many of my episodes are like channeled message part one and lesson part two, but then the lesson kind of gets lost. And then I think as the audience, you're like scrolling through the podcast and being like, okay, where the fuck is the episode where Mal taught me about the house system, I want to re-listen, but I can't fucking find it because all our episodes are like four hours long. You get me? So I think going forth, the episodes will still be on the longer side because it's me and I can't change that (laughs) about me. I just love talking to you guys so much, but I think the lessons and the topics will be broken down a little bit better. That being said, a couple weeks ago, I asked you guys on Instagram, I said, what do you wish you knew about astrology? Or was it, it was, what do you wish you understood about astrology? So the next episode next week will be all about the theme of all the things you guys commented, what you wished you knew about astrology, but... Um, I have those saved from Instagram, but if you missed that or you have something you wish you knew or wanted to understand about astrology, but you just are lost, um, message me, email me, tweet me, whatever it may be, and it'll probably be on the next episode. For all of you who do send me questions, thank you so much. I save them and I save them for podcast episodes like this. And um, website update still in the making. So be patient with me on that. Um, All in spirit timing, but I'm really excited to have my new website. I'm just trying to take it slow um, and you guys will be able to resume astro appointments with me in spirit timing okay hopefully by the end of march but i don't want to jinx it and honestly i'm not really that panicked because i think we live in an abundant universe right and i know um you know i'm not gonna rush 
something just because I know people want astro appointments with me you know like uh, like I don't want to rush it and just be like oh my god I'm afraid I'm gonna lose this client so I gotta rush the website like you know there's so many wonderful astrologers so if you really are in um, a pinch and you really do want an astrology appointment I'm sure there's another wonderful person who can help you and I also kind of have faith too that the people who are aligned with me are just going to be in alignment with me so I'm just not gonna panic and last thing patreon yeah, uh, guys thank you thank you so much for joining patreon it's already gonna change <laughs> uh i know i'm a little bit of a hypocrite because i changed my mind so much but what uh, my three patreon offerings right now are the secret horoscope which youtube channel um, then I also have my monthly tarot letter club, and then there's a third option where you can have both, okay? Um, loving the tarot letter club, not changing that, love it. If you want to join, um, it's awesome. I get to write you guys letters per month, and um, one letter per month, and I pull a card for you, and I kind of channel some messages about what this upcoming month may be for you, and then you get mailed from me a handwritten letter and it's sweet and you get to carry it around all month and it kind of reminds you what spirit wants you to focus on this month so that's really cute the part of patreon that i'm not enjoying so much so far is the secret horoscope which youtube channel because i've made it into more of like a tarot thing and i think I'm going to make it more into an astrology thing. So I think March is going to be the last month where the videos are going to be specifically focused on tarot. And then going into April, I'm going to change that tier um, into like the astrology student club. And I'm just like over myself. Like the reason I didn't do this in the from the beginning is because I doubt myself and like I'm afraid people are gonna think I'm an imposter and I'm not supposed to be teaching astrology or whatever any bullshit that I'm saying to myself that's why I didn't make it astrology themed in the first place um but I just realized too like I don't have to have these like massive lectures that I'm posting like I think you guys would be happy with just like astrology topics you know a couple times a month and you know learning small bits and pieces from there and that way I would be able to go a little bit more in depth uh so keep an eye out for that everything's in the show notes um you know thank you guys I just I Love you guys. I support you guys. Sending you Reiki. Sending you all the safety, all the healing, all the luck on your healing journey. And I can't wait to talk to you guys next time.